No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of Ex-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory, and also backed by court documents and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. Before we get into the events that went down between me and Athena during our very first meeting, I thought I'd take an opportunity to sidetrack for a minute and tell you a little bit more about Dee, the beautiful brunette hairstylist that dated Ben right before Athena. We introduced you to her and Daisy's story briefly in episode three. You might remember that Daisy walked into her salon pregnant and they realized that she was dating Ben, the father of her child. Now, what you didn't know is that right before I reached out to Athena, I had also contacted Daisy and Dee to get their version of events. I spoke briefly to Dee on the phone and she was very gracious and told me the story of what happened according to her. Ben, of course, was very quick to respond when I told him what she said. He explained that Dee was telling me the truth of how he found out about Daisy and Opal, but that they had only dated for three months, which is true. And so Dee was not involved whatsoever in any of the court proceedings that happened after they broke up. Therefore, she has very limited information as far as the details of the case goes. We know you probably want to hear all about how Dee met Ben and what transpired between them and, of course, how it ultimately ended. So here is a quick catch up on their story. I met him on Match, and um, and the interesting thing was we had communicated back and forth, um, probably not for very long, and then randomly, it's fine. And then randomly, I met him at a bar in the town that I lived in. Um, he just walked up to me and said, "Are you?" And whatever my screen name was. Oh. And of course, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so serendipity that we would, you know, encounter each other. And now I'm wondering, like, did he oh. follow me there? Oh, or oh, how yes. did he know I was there? Yeah, it was very coincidental. He says, I'd like to take you out to dinner. And of course, I'm just, you know, enamored. Wow. And this is so amazing. I can't believe we ran into each other. Oh my gosh, it's meant to be, you know, because I'm like young and naive. And um, so we exchange numbers. And, and then I think we went out really shortly after that. And that was kind of how everything began. Um, I don't was know what else. Hot and you- heavy because he moved super quick with both of us, me and Athena. It was just from the get go, just I'm in love and just things went really yes. fast. Did, it, did you feel yes. like it just went super totally. fast? Yes. Yes. And, and now like, you know, as a grown woman and a mother, I look back and I think, you know, I was just so hopeful that he yeah. was the one that I just mm-hmm. fell for it all. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I just, and now obviously at this age, I would be totally skeptical of anyone, but I fell for it. He was very charming. He was very handsome. 
he um, picked picked me up for our date. And I thought that was just so grown up and lovely. Um, And we, he took me out to dinner and, and I do remember the very first odd thing was he said, I made us a reservation. And I just thought that sounded so grown up. I was just so impressed. (laughs) And when we got there, the restaurant was empty and he never said to the hostess, I have a reservation. He just said two for dinner. And I remember thinking, well, that was weird, but it was a little place in Seattle I'd never heard of. And it was fine. Um, and even that night, first date, we walked back out to his car and someone had come by and broken, um, these little plastic, like rain guards off of his windows. And he, they were kind of snapped off. They were like, you know, add-ons that you would put under your car and they were on the ground. And he said, I know who did this. It was my crazy ex-girlfriend. And he proceeds to tell me all about um, someone who he had dated and supposedly maybe been engaged to. Yeah. I'll have to, you know. Oh, really? um, Yeah. And then that was all I ever heard about that. I just thought that's really weird that we're in the middle of downtown Seattle at this place I've never been to or heard of. It was just a little hole in the wall Italian place. And someone, you know, sought out your car and damaged it because she has this vendetta against you. I didn't find it to be a believable story. Mm. So, so he told so that me was, once that he dated Sophia Gar. What is her last name? Gar. Gar- oh, Gar- I'm Gar- sure. Gar- yeah. Gar- yeah. No. Are you <laughs> kidding? <laughs> and, and he met her in Canada before she was ever like anything big. I'm like, dude, she's older than you, sweetie. He's like, I and know. I'm sh- and I'm shocked that she didn't stay with him. It's so weird. Um, yeah. That's mm-hmm. funny. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that was our first date. And then, yes, yeah. it was hot and heavy. It was, you know, showing up at, at the salon I worked at. And I was just so, you know, oh, he, he, he made it sound like he had this great job and he was just so successful and always, he was always, you know, just so busy because he was very important. And I just, oh, I was head over heels. I just thought, and I had just bought my first house. So he would come stay with me at my house. And, um, Did you ever we go to never, his house? never one time. No, that's, and, yeah. and that was a fight. I kept saying, I want to see your home. I want to see what you're all about. And he, he would be very weird about that and very defensive. And then yeah. later, I, I mean, I can tell you now, if you want the one time I went there, I knew it wasn't his place. I knew it. The second I walked in, I knew it. I knew for a fact. There was absolutely nothing personal in the place whatsoever. And it wasn't like bachelor pad style. It was like, this house has been cleaned out before I got here. And the one thing that really stood out to me too was, I remember even checking behind the shower curtain to see if there was like a female's products thinking, does he live with a girl? Like this, we had been dating for probably three months. And, but in the kitchen, there was this big, beautiful hand glown glass bowl, like a beautiful, something you would buy that you would splurge on, or you'd get at a auction or something. Right. And I loved it. And I said, that is so beautiful. Where did you get it? And he said, he didn't know. He couldn't remember. So I thought you would remember yes, where you yeah, got yeah. something like <laughs> that. Know. That's significant, you know? Yeah. And then also I told him I wanted like a glass of water or something. And he opened the fridge and it was completely empty. Not one article of food or anything. So I knew something was up. Yeah. And then later I found out that it was his friend's apartment. And that was, oh you know, my gosh. Yeah. I knew it. I knew, I knew it wasn't his place. And were you just really like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. And well, things. Like, was it you that ended it or was it him? Or oh yeah. Like, <sighs> so the story he gave me was that 
you were very much in love with an ex-boyfriend and that he, you guys ended and you were pretty heartbroken. And then that's when you were on match and then you met him. And that as soon as you got with him, the guy, the ex started coming around. And so you ditched him for your ex. Well, I will say that having my ex in on the back burner essentially did make it easier to say goodbye to him. And that is actually what I had thought about. Um, when you guys asked me to do this was I was trying to remember details and how did I have the courage and the strength to just leave him it's, at such a young age and being, yeah, it's been a really long time, but it was partly because my ex was, you know, still on my heart and I did end up marrying that ex and having two children with him. And so, yes. you know, and, and yeah. he was a nice guy and that's what I liked about him was even though it wasn't that hot and heavy, um, exciting relationship, he, the person I married and I'm now divorced from was you know, a good guy, a hardworking, honest, nice guy. And he still is. We just weren't meant to be. And so um, that was what attracted me to him. And having the two in my life, right? I mean, I obviously hadn't seen my ex. I was totally smitten with him. But I, once he started being shady and things weren't adding up and my friends were questioning, my dad had said, like, that guy's up to something because he went on a vacation with me and my family oh. to Arizona. And they really thought something is not right here. And so it just made it easy to say goodbye to him. That's interesting though, that you say that because your family spoke up. Mine never, they thought it, but they never really said too much because they didn't want to hurt my feelings or they didn't want to, you know. Yeah. Well, I understand that. Or whatever, yeah, of but course. your family, like they're, they saw the red flags and want to protect you. And, the, and, yeah. and they're Italian. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that that's right. So, like, it's well, interesting. And I think Athena's yours didn't, they knew some stuff, but they probably didn't step in too much either, it sounds like. Um, they definitely had stuff to say at the very beginning. Not they, but my sister. Um, she was just oh. like, uh, he's just not the right guy oh, for you. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you so, go. Yeah. And so that was... So I was like, you know what? They like, were, they love my ex-husband so much that Ben and Shane were so opposite that they had a hard time accepting Ben. They just dated this nice guy who had a little girl and he was great, but it just didn't work out for us. And then I meet Ben and you know, my, my dad just said, I feel like I have to tell you that I just don't think he has good intentions. And so I yeah. think if I hadn't just dated the nice guy that I ended up marrying, my dad maybe wouldn't have said anything because he wouldn't have really had anything fresh to compare it to, you know? So yeah, yeah, that was, so that was that. And, and really it was just a lot of things. It was him calling me one day to tell me, um, so I quit my job today. And I, Mm -hmm. and I said, why? And, and of course I'm worried. Of course I'm thinking this guy's so successful. Like, what is he going to do for money now? And he said, um, well, my boss is unethical and I just can't work for someone unethical. So I quit. No, he was fired. And I found out because with my job, obviously I know a ton of people and everyone talks and I worked in the city that he supposedly worked in. (laughs) And one of my clients said, he didn't quit. I boxed up his stuff and helped him (gasps) walk out the, you know, escorted him out the door. He was fired because he was being unethical. Yeah. So, you know, nothing added up and I didn't want to be a fool. And I felt, um, I felt like I was being tricked and I didn't like that. And so I, then I just 
um, after an accumulation of a lot of events, I just finally ended it. There were just things that were odd. He had gone on like a boy's trip and I couldn't get a hold of him the whole weekend. And I thought that was weird. And I yes. remember my mom saying to me, that to me too. Yes. And I remember my mom saying to me, I felt I, I, I was like really upset that I hadn't heard from him. She said, D, <laughs> if you, if a guy is really into you, he will be yeah. contacting you, especially yes. on the weekends when he's off of work, you know? And so I, I believed her. I thought that was good advice. I thought Even if he's yeah, sitting I, on the toilet, taking a shit, he will find a moment right. to text you. That's right. Totally. Yeah. And I, I still we'll believe in. that to this day, which is, you know, Absolutely. might, ex might explain why I'm still single, but, no, um, so. anyway, so, uh, I had red flags. I just, you know, but I was smitten. I was in it. And I, and also like having told clients about him and friends about him and yeah. coworkers, I didn't want it to fail. And the person I had been in love with, like before him was, had a child. I was totally open to like being a stepmother. So it, it, me ending it with him had nothing to do with the fact that he might be a father. That was ridiculous. I didn't like his character or lack yeah. of. Um, and so, so, um, and then basically the, the demise of us was just the never ending lies <laughs> and things with him. And I tell him, you know, we're just not a match. I don't like all the lies. And then of course he, I remember he accused me of lying and I'll tell you something. I'm an Italian Aries. I don't lie. I'm a straight shooter. I tell you what time it is and that's it. And that's why he didn't like me because I did not beat around the bush. I did not. I was always suspicious. I did not put up with this crap. So he can accuse me of lying all he wants. That's the last thing I do. So just, you know, the boat The he said he had a bunch of rental properties. And when I said, well, I'd yeah. like to go with you and, and see, see some of them, he, he wouldn't let me. Exist. So I had my, I had my realtor friend look them up and she said he has never owned yes. any property oh. in that city. That's right. I forgot about That's that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And right. so when I confronted him about that, he got really mad and he's, and of course he turned around at me like, why are you checking up on me? You're so suspicious. That's weird. It's like, well, you have all these stories that don't add up and I'm trying to Verify. either reassure myself that you're really telling the truth yes. and that maybe I'm missing details or make sure that I'm not going to be taken advantage of by this guy who's a liar. And so it was the rental houses. It was the boat. It was the boys weekends. It was every girl he'd ever dated was a psycho and a crazy bitch oh, and stuff. Yeah. And I, and I mean, Hey, you know what? That's whatever, whatever but yeah. th the chances of every single one of us being that way are pretty slim. The common denominator is you and your dumbass tattoo. So that's it. And um, anyway, and that is a red flag uh, when so, they talk shit about their ex or exes. And every, every single flag. one of them, people who have nothing to hide, you know, they may yeah. be a little irritated that you're checking up, yeah. but they're not going to worry about they're it because gonna be you're going to just find that they're, that they're, tr that they're being honest. Exactly. He also gave so, me names and I always feel like, he gave me your name. So mine. Yeah. He didn't give me your last name. Oh, right. but I was like, oh, that's right. It wasn't that hard to well, find that's how you. you. Found me. I was like, yeah. so if you don't want me falling up, he gave me Daisy's name. That's a pretty unique name. I yeah. sure as hell found her on Facebook. And yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's actually a really good point. Sent her a message. Well, maybe so maybe like, he hoped. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's like, oh, she'll admit that uh, she raped me. I'm like, well, let's see what she has oh, to say. My so I sent her a message. That was so by the way, I, this is helping me remember a few things. So at the very end, when I broke up with him, he tried to not let me and told me he had just found out that he had lung cancer. I remember being like out with my girlfriends and I was drinking and I like, it, I blurted it out and he's on the phone with me and he got really mad. And I said, listen, if it's true, 
I want to go to a doctor's appointment with you. And, and you know what, if it's true, I will be there and I will support you. And of course, no doctor's appointment ever existed and weird. He's still here to talk about it this day. Yeah. And so there, there was that. And then when I tried to break up with him again, it was showing up at my work. Be scary. I felt scared by that stuff, you know? So the final straw for me was I did go back to my ex-boyfriend who I ended up marrying and I had had a long-term on and off again relationship with. And we went out one night in, in Kirkland and apparently Ben lived in Kent and he showed up at the bar that he knew I went to on Thursday nights or whatever it was back when I was young and I could do that and get up and work the next day and function <laughs> and, um, and not be hurting. And he said, um, he was, you know, confrontational with me and, you know, calling me, you know, a whore or whatever it was like some awful names. And, and my now ex-husband is very easygoing guy. He doesn't want any problems. He's not a, he's a regular dude. He's like a simple guy. Right. And he, and he's looking at this big guy that obviously does steroids and, um, <laughs> you know, and he's, and he's like, I don't like, I don't want any part of this. And, and he tried to leap over the wall at this place in Kirkland to like, come at me. And the, and the security grabbed him and, you know, like threw him into the street and let me and my now ex-husband come in. This is so Tiki and Joe's so, or what? Uh, it was, um, timeout. Oh, timeout. Okay. I was thinking, yeah. and wall, so you know that sure. the little yeah. out, but the little yeah. outdoor yeah. wall, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. so we after that, I decided it was probably in my best interest to get a restraining order. And then he was impossible to serve, yeah. impossible. He knew it was coming. He, the gym he went to seven days a week. He was no longer there. Yeah. I had people trying for me. I had the police trying. I was trying. He was impossible to serve. And so I actually never physically was able to serve him because I even drove down to the apartment complex that he lived in. And I noticed that the, the blinds were all up. And so I peeked inside and it was actually completely empty now, no furniture at all. And I go down to the office manager and said, here's my scenario. Like, I need your help getting a hold of him. And she said, nobody by that name has ever lived in that apartment. And it was a, a friend of his. She said the name and I said, oh my gosh. And I knew that my whole gut instinct had been right all along that he didn't actually live there. And another thing I just thought of too, when we went to Arizona together, you know, during this short time, he said to me in front of my parents that he had diabetes and he needed to go inject himself or, or yeah. And he had this little black kit with him. And I said, I said, Oh my gosh, I've never seen you. I didn't know that. And I said, I want to come. And he wouldn't let me. And my mom said, if he's diabetic, he would be checking his blood sugar all the time. We've never seen him do that. No, he was going and shooting, shooting up because he definitely did steroids. I know. I just know. I mean, his behavior, his body type, other, other issues that he had. um, If you just, you know, do the math, it's like it all added up. So all of those things combined made me leave him, but well, it sucks the restraining, too, like the restraining order, like knowing that you tried and like yeah, other over women and over who and over. potentially could be yep. dating him right now. They don't know that there was yes. probably not just you, but other women that tried to have oh restraining my gosh. orders and they're not on public record and people yes. never know that. Oh, I had one at the front door. I had one at the front desk at the salon. They knew if he came in, serve him. I had one in my car. I had yeah. one in my purse. I was a wreck. I was a met. I was so worried the way he came at me with a guy with me, I thought, what would he do if I was alone? 
then there's this smear campaign. So these guys are sociopaths. They really are. Yep. And then they tell lies about you. And yeah, you know, of Seattle's a big, big city, but it's a small city small, as well. Very small. So like even me who I didn't grow up there, like I move into the town and like the first thing I hear about is how crazy D is and, and oh, me, yeah. X and she's crazy. And she's just a horrible mom. Like, and you used to tell me how you would smell his underwear. You see, me? he's like, yeah, I would me. Yes. Wait, who? D. Oh. Goes, ew. Okay. And I'm like, ew. Like, who does that? He goes, because she used to always accuse me of cheating on her. And so he's like, I come home from the gym, and I go to take a shower, and I come out of the shower, and she's sniffing my damn underwear. And I'm like, uh, why are you telling me this? Like. He loves to paint us as crazy, (laughs) creepy. And so that was my initial, like, the story about I have a thing for sweaty underwear. I have a thing for sweaty, (laughs) false sweat underwear. We all have our stories. I'm still hearing the stories about myself. And I'm like, oh, I did? I did. Like, I, it's, it's. Quite entertaining the stories he tells That's about like all some of good us. ball sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, I mean the lies, the lies, but it's wow. terrible. It's terrible. Like the things that he uh, he told me that story too. Actually, that's funny. That is that's pretty crazy. Like if someone actually sniffed underwear, I would think they were bad shit crazy that, too. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and he also told Athena the same story to me about some situation about I don't know if you were in uh, Forks. <laughs> His hometown his with hometown. his friends. Oh, right, right, right. And Washington. you were at a restaurant or something, and he looked over at some girl, and you flipped shit, and you started throwing forks. Oh, right. If I get upset with someone that I'm romantically involved with, I get silent. I just shut down completely. So me throwing stuff would not Wouldn't be happen. It. And yeah. even, even in my 20s, I just was never – I've never been a thrower. No. I'm more of a – I'm like silent and plotting yeah. about how I'm going to <laughs> well, not speak to you again or end things or whatever. Because if I open my mouth, it's it. going to be this Italian, you know, yeah. like unleashing that I might say something I regret. So if I'm quiet, yeah. it's not I good. Heard that you, and so, I heard that story, but that you just got up and left. I think because of my job and because I talked to so many people and meet so many people and I knew so many people in the community he, he probably realized like, shit, I'm not going to be able to get away with a lot with her because yeah. look what happened. He had, a, he, he had a one night stand in California yes. and I found out in my chair, what are yeah. the chances? Seriously. Small world. I mean, I was so grateful that I found I out think people like him. What Crazy. worked to his advantage is that he kept, he kept everyone separate. He wanted me yeah. and to hate each other. He wanted me to hate of you. Of course. He wanted me to hate everybody. Of course. And he kept everyone separate and that worked to his advantage. But the minute yeah. we all try to get along and talk, that's his worst nightmare. Well, and then a few other things yeah. that happened that oh I, I was just remembering was um, I ran into him at Costco and I knew that he was married to Athena and he walked right up to me in the middle of the aisle and he said, you know, like, Hey, how are you? And I, well, he said he was alone. And what he told me was that first of all, he said, you, you, you had kids like right after me, huh? And I said, yeah, I ended up marrying him and and we, we had a couple children and he wanted to see a picture of my son to make sure it wasn't his. And I'm thinking, okay, look at the timeline, you idiot. And he looks exactly like my husband. I was so offended, but I showed him, I said, there's 100% no chance in hell. Nice try. I mean, whatever. It was like ridiculous. My son 
looks exactly like his dad and all nine of his brothers. So oh <laughs> there's no, there is, their genes are so strong. And plus it was never going to question. So he can just, I mean, I knew he was trying to make me feel like, oh, I overlapped. Guess what? I didn't. We could, we could get him banned from all dating apps. I wish, honestly, because it's not fair. You know, he's probably still doing this. I mean, it's not fair. Well, he's probably there right and, now. I mean, because... Well, and then I worry about all the other guys like him. I hope there are not many, but there have to be more. Oh God, there is. I'm going to be single forever. Now back to our story. We are now one year into my relationship with Ben. I was done and I had just reached out on Facebook to Athena to let her know that I was breaking up and moving back to Oregon. I had just gotten home from the gym and I was getting ready to jump in the shower when I heard my phone ding. I was absolutely shocked that I'd received a message from Amber. That asshole had put me through the ringer that past year with all of his lies. I finish up with my shower, get dressed, and I head over to my phone to read Amber's text. Holy shit. She was actually telling me that she was ending things with Ben. Hallelujah. Amber and I went on to exchange a handful of messages and I could not believe what I was hearing. Thank you, Jesus. She was being pretty vague and discreet, but I could tell that she must have caught on to one of Ben's lies. I felt a mix of emotions. I know it's awful, but I was hopeful that they might possibly be able to work things out because selfishly, I knew that he would direct all of his attention back towards me and make my life a living hell again. At the end of our conversation, we decided to meet up at a local bar and grill as soon as Ben left to go to the gym. I was full of so many emotions when I put down the phone. This feeling of relief swept over me and I hoped that this nightmare that I'd been living this past year would possibly be coming to an end. The excitement I felt to tell Amber the truth was also accompanied by an anxious knot in my stomach. Was I excited because I would be allowed to finally speak freely to her? Was it because I knew she must finally have uncovered one of his enormous lies? Or could this feeling of unjust that weighed so heavy on my soul finally start to dissipate? I was so afraid that it wouldn't happen. I so badly was, it'd been a year of buildup. Just, I wanted to Because he kept us apart. We did not talk, we did not phone each other. I don't think we had each other's phone numbers. We had, um, obviously, we weren't friends on Facebook. You messaged me on Facebook, didn't you? I did, but we weren't friends on Facebook. Yeah, And we didn't talk. We didn't talk. We just didn't. We relayed messages through Ben. Ben never relayed Thank goodness Facebook didn't filter messages back then. I know. For non-friends. I know. Yeah, so So it was like, yeah. A lot of um, me slowly hating you more and more and going through all the craziness and then going, Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to reach out to her. I hope she doesn't hate me back. (laughs) And I kind of thought you did like, he would tell me about your conversations and the fights and the, this and the, that. And so I assumed that it was like you against us kind of thing. So when I reached out, I was like, I don't even know how she's going to reciprocate. Amber would have to wait for him to leave the house and keep her composure over the next few hours. She sounded extremely upset, so I was nervous that Ben would find out what we were up to and put a stop to our planned meeting. 
I knew to not get my hopes up that she would be able to follow through. I knew how convincing Ben could be, so I wasn't going to be surprised if he talked her out of leaving the house. This predator was even more dangerous because he actually believed his own made-up stories. The emotion he displays while begging or pleading with his victims was not only convincing, but so manipulative that you would find yourself wanting to comfort him after uncovering one of his hurtful lies or scandals. I was watching the time and I was ready to leave to meet Amber when I received a text from her telling me that Ben was still at home and hadn't left to the gym yet. My heart sunk. The kids would be home soon and I didn't have much time to meet with her. I had so much to say and I didn't even know where to begin. Another hour slowly passes and finally I receive a second message. I read her words, grab my car keys and head to the nearby pub to meet her. It's really happening. I will finally get my chance to clear my name. I have my Oregon State sweatshirt on. Yeah, <laughs> I look like on. shit. You did not. I was tired. I was like, I mean, you just look. When you fight like with Ben, crying. it's not like a short fight. You can never have a short fight with Ben. It's like hours and hours, mentally exhausting, draining, going in circles, going, going nowhere, in circles. Like walking in place. Walking in place. That's the only way I can say it. So I had a full night of that. Um, I felt so, like I was looking at me across the table. When she arrived, we made small talk for a few minutes and ordered drinks and some chicken fingers to share. I immediately started giving her my spiel of all the things that went down over the last year with Ben and the huge red flags that just weren't adding up. As I went on and on with my story, I couldn't really gauge what was going through her head. She just nodded and kept cool as a cucumber. If she was surprised in the least about what I was saying, I definitely couldn't tell. That is until I showed her the court documents Ben gave me confirming that he was raped by Daisy. She asked to see them and I hastily pulled them from my purse and handed them to her from across the table. She was silent for a minute or two, just kind of studying them intently. And calmly, she just said, I don't know what these are, but I can assure you he did not get raped, period. I, in my mind, was hoping that you'd go blah, 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 and just like gush. And then I'd say, oh my God, this, 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 this happened, that happened. But that's not what happened in, in my perspective. Mm -hmm. Even though you were so upset and tired, you still stay composed. Did I? You were composed and you did not let anything leak out other than the fact that you felt like your family really needed you and you just really missed home. Mm -hmm. And that it was really hard for you, that made a lot of friends, and that the transition to Seattle had been really hard for you, and that you felt like it was just time for you to go home. That's what you started out with. Really? And I oh was my God. like, I was really? like, no! I was hoping that you just caught him in this big yeah. lie, and that I was going to be able to be like, finally! Well, there's one more other thing, and I pulled out the, the, the rape documents from the court. I grabbed him. I couldn't. He gives me all these things even. and he doesn't think that I'm going to keep them. And I scanned all of them. I love you. I, I've We're scanned so cool. them on my, so even if he threw them away, like I have them scanned. And so I remember pulling it out of my purse and you're like, uh, <laughs> get out to me. What in the hell is this? I never heard that and story I remember ever. You, like, being really intent on like, is this real? 
There's just something about a woman's gut instinct, a sixth sense, if you will, that knows whether or not someone is trustworthy. And at that moment, I 100% believed everything that came out of Athena's mouth. She came across as kind, smart, and real. Absolutely nothing like Ben had described her to be. She was a straight shooter and gave me both the good and the bad about Ben, which I thought was admirable. I vividly remember her telling me that Ben was diagnosed with bipolar, which he vehemently denied, and that he was a super fun guy to be around when he remembered to take his meds. We volleyed back and forth a bit, but I probably dominated the conversation a bit because I was so torn with what to do and if I should leave or give it another try with him. When all was said and done, I felt good about the end of the conversation, almost as if I had a newfound partner and support system, which I didn't have in Seattle since I moved there. She hugged me goodbye and we agreed to keep each other in the loop once I made my decision. Either way, I knew that moving forward, I wouldn't be kept in the dark anymore. I was trying to tell Amber so many things in such a short period of time. I was afraid that I was being overbearing. I didn't want her to think I was lying. I so badly wanted to clear my name though. During a phone call with Ben a month back, I confronted Ben about him actually having cancer. I decided to record the phone call. Ben was sneaky and shady, and I knew that I needed to start collecting proof in order to protect myself. I pulled out my phone and I played the conversation for Amber. I know it must have been hard to hear all of that. At least she was able to hear his lies herself and there was no disproving that. Amber asked me a few more questions regarding why our marriage ended and I was honest with her. I hope she'd believe me. After the horrible things she told me that Ben was saying about me, I was worried that she might question the things that I was telling her, the actual truth. Before we knew it, our time was up and I needed to get back to the kids. We promised to touch base with each other during those next 24 to 48 hours. I left feeling like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I wasn't able to tell her everything, but I still felt better. I felt so awful for Amber though. I had been her for way too many years. I'm just so glad that she was getting out after only one year in. She could start her life all over again with an amazing man. I wish I would have been as strong as her back then. If you remember this, but I texted you a few times. Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. And you responded and you were like, yeah, he's just trying to, you didn't say gaslight, but you were like, yep, he's just uh, denying everything. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. It is just hours and hours of, it's almost like how, how they do it in the military where they'll break you down. Waterboarding. Like, yes. Something, some kind of a military tactic. And so you're so tired and I had not slept the night before. And it's like, Amber, you just want to be what is wrong with you? He's like, yeah. this is what she does. I've been telling you that I've been dealing with this for so many years. And this is, she, you just gave her the opportunity to reinforce this narrative that she wants to portray. That's a complete and total lie. Yeah. She's so good, Amber. Like she just lied right to your face. I began feeling stupid for, quote-unquote, falling for it. He would say things like, Why do you think half of the employees at her salon left her, Amber? She has no friends. And there's a reason for that. She's a lying, manipulative woman, and even her family can't stand her and have expressed to me in the past that they've seen the shit she does. It just went on and on and on, and there was no end in sight. He believed so much in what he was saying that it was nearly impossible not to believe him. 
And through his tears, he would even offer up text messages or emails that would prove he was telling the truth. The final straw was listening to the desperateness in his voice when it came to Sydney and the neglect she allegedly experienced at her mother's home, the bevy of men coming and going since they divorced. He really laid it on thick, telling me how much I meant to Sydney and that our home was the only stability she had. And this would absolutely destroy her if I left. It was late, and I was mentally and physically exhausted. I didn't know what to believe anymore. But at a certain point, his story was so compelling that I began to feel stupid. And then I was mad. Like, really mad. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. Everything. Like, I was so defeated. I just fell down. I just remember being on the crown, like, crying, like, how am I supposed to give her my gift now? I feel so stupid. He would make me feel so alienated too. So I do so much stuff for his daughter. And then he'd say, well, she's the only thing that matters to me anyways. And then he'd post pictures of him and her. I wanted him so badly to know the pain that I was feeling that I wanted to express myself so good, which I did. <laughs> I pulled open the silverware drawer, grabbed the butter knife or steak knife, whatever the hell was in there, slapped it on the counter. I opened the cupboard. There's 50 million vitamins for big <laughs> stuff. Picked whatever... <laughs> The fucking fertility vitamin that was there plunked those on the uh, <laughs> on the counter and I was like either of these options are better than one more fucking day with you and once again if you like what you're hearing please leave us a five star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info you can also find us on TikTok Instagram YouTube and Twitter and of course you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com